Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Morning, everybody. Danny Cunningham in for the Tone Master General. Hello. I can. How are you? I'm wonderful. Not as good as Owen right now. Whereas, uh, I, I, I'm alive. I'm going to get to the Donovan <laughs> Mitchell thing here in a second. And the fight between, well, the, the skirmish between he and Zach Collins. Uh, but I had to make I it a I gravity right earlier. So what happened? Tell everybody what happened to you. Well, I thought I got in at a good time this morning. Apparently I didn't. Because I got in at the time that the elevator decided it didn't want to work in the parking garage across the street. So... It came. I, I park on the fifth floor. Wow, up at five. Oh yeah. I used to go to six. I called it the Players Club. Well, now there's specialized parking on six. So I don't go up there. Why do you go up to the fifth floor? Because I can park right beside the elevator. Yep. That'll do it. It's luxury beyond your wildest dreams, pal. It, it sounds like it. It you, is amazing. Hey, do you know the feeling when you can get in the elevator shaft and auto start your car from there because it's only a stone's throw away, and then it's you nice. get up and it's already preheated. It's amazing. I know what none of that feels but like. But normally there is a there's a nice tunnel that connects the parking garage yeah. to the building, so I don't go outside usually. It's like how they brought in Bill Clinton when they opened up the stadium back in the day. They actually brought in a former president that way through that tunnel not too long ago. That tunnel? Yeah. Wait a minute, that tunnel? Nigh upon, uh, what, eight oh, years ago. wait a minute, that's right, that was W. It, no, it's 45. No, it was 45 yes. went under that tunnel? Yes. They're down there? Yeah. I thought it was W no. because one day no W I met in a hangar in well, Elmendorf. Well, yeah, you met him. I've never. I I'm obsessed, Danny, with presidential history. Quick right turn. Obsessed with presidential history, uh-huh. and I've never got to see a president in person. Never met a president. Nothing. Have you seen someone running for president? I've, no, I've never. I've never been to a rally. Contrary to what oh, Lionel will tell people, true. I know you've I've, been to a few rallies. I've never been to a rally. You brought your tiki torch. I've never been to. Uh, I have no. There are. I don't own tiki torches. I've never been to any rally or any uh, gathering like that. But I'm obsessed with presidential history. And like one day, some years ago, it had to be 2016. Apparently, uh, W was downstairs, and everybody's like, oh, "Did you meet the former president?" And I, no, I didn't get to meet him. Fool me once, shame on. Shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. I didn't get to meet I didn't know the 45 was walking downstairs, brother. Anyway, so two former presidents have been through there. Wow, and Owen Correct. and me. A lot of history in that hallway. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's all the same. So how long, you, how long were you? So 
Uh, elevator. It came up and got you. It and came up go and down. got me. Oh, we no. went down. I don't know how many floors. A floor, maybe two floors. Very, and I go all the way to the basement. Yeah. It made a very quick, sudden stop. And I'm like, that didn't feel right. Oh, no. And then it did it again. And then the numbers, you know, it tells you every floor that you're on. Between three and two kind of went dark for a second, but then two popped up. So I went, this is where I get off. I get off on floor two. We'll take the stairs the rest of the way down. So I opened up the door, except for we weren't on floor two. We were at floor two and a half. You could see. No. So when you open the door, could you see where the openings Oh, you could see. Have you seen the movie Speed? That's what I was thinking. I've seen Speed. I've not. Where a shoe gets taken off. Yeah. And she goes, my shoe. My mom always laughed at that part. It's uh, Keanu Reeves and Lloyd. Wait, wait, Lloyd. Jeff Daniels. Oh, Jeff Daniels. Yeah, that's right. Jeff Daniels. And I was very uh, leery of getting out of that thing. Oh, my God. It was a fear that I never knew that I had. But I do now. Did not want to get chopped in half by the elevator. Shut the doors. Luckily, it moved again. Got down to two. And this time, I did open the doors. And I made the greatest leap that I've ever made in my life. So it stopped at two and you came down the oh, steps. Yes. Holy God. Was it in the spot it was supposed to be at yes, two? Yes, once okay. I came down to two. I don't know how it's doing. There was Somebody nobody. Security. Yeah, there was nobody in the, um, there's the room down there in the garage where yeah. I'm sure they're on their rounds or whatever right now. But Oh, yeah, sure. They're on their rounds. You know they are. Okay, yeah. Secure over there. Sure they are, yeah. So Usually I, someone's in by that time. It was like a five-minute thing. I had to have been five minutes, yeah. had to have been five at least five minutes, and then it's terrifying. There was two or three minutes of me checking all my appendages to make sure they still well, were attached to my body. I, I'm not trying to be macabre. Like there was that that video a couple years ago, the guy who couldn't figure out whether to go in or go out. It was like a failing elevator, right. and he did not. You you either make one choice or the other. That's it. You can't be stuck in the middle. And he he got stuck in the middle. And it was not good. Uh, anywho, that is the type of thing you think about. And on that elevator, I'm not lying. That like that elevator is terrifying. And uh, like it sounds like it, it rattles, Danny. It rattles all the way up, and then you get off. And then like I I've done like the Costanza leap out of that out of that elevator like onto the floor. And for whatever it passes code every year. How? They, they got the thing Who's up there in the corner. These elevators? I don't know, but it passes code, so it passes code every year. Because the one over here wasn't working this morning. Oh, really? Did you go? Did no. you come up? No, I oh, came. That's right. Street you came level in from now. The street. That's yeah. right. Yeah, because the one over here wasn't working, so I didn't even notice. Oh Lord! Well, that's got to be. There's an elevator epidemic right now. Clearly, is that a top five fear? Like, it is that, now. Like not like like situations like you get caught up. Like there's time. Like if we go on a cruise or something, every now and then you'll spook yourself. You'll go out there and be like, "We are in the middle of the ocean and there is no one there, and it is nighttime, and that is it." But are, you're talking a top five everyday fear because well, just, the, the, the middle find, of the ocean thing's not an everyday thing. It's true, but like sp- like spooking yourself. Like I don't get on an elevator every day. Actually, I, honestly, I try to avoid them. 
sure. as much as I possibly can because they are terrifying ordeals to me. And the thought of being stuck in it is, is uh, terrifying to me. So that, I'm not, I don't even think I'm claustrophobic. And it's still, like I never saw that movie Devil or anything like that because it's, it's a little bit scary on that, on that end. So I never even, like that, I, I, the only thing I could think of was, was being on a boat. Is there any other like fear you could think of? I'm not really scared of the elevator thing, but I've never had an experience like Owens where I've been stuck. So I don't know that that's necessarily in my top five. Like getting in a car accident would be. Well, that's, yeah, but that's like. It's different. Yeah. Mitch, you got anything? Uh, I just saw a recent one that was making the rounds on Twitter like 15 years ago. This guy who was like a cave crawler or like a cave climber. He accidentally went down this one thing that they thought it was going to lead to like an open space, but it led into this narrow gap where he ended up upside down and then you can imagine what happens there i'm not going to go into further detail nope. but yet yeah, that that was the one where i'm like no 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 i don't like going into places i don't know there's no way terrifying i'm glad you're okay though thanks your concern is i don't sound concerned to you yeah. i'm i would be terrified were you by yourself at least? Oh, yeah. Okay, at least you didn't have to like make friends with a stranger. Well, I didn't want out been... in a live situation where it was me or them. Ken, have you been stuck in an elevator before? Mm, I, so I don't even want to say yes because, or uh, excuse me, I don't want to say no because then I'm afraid it's going to happen. Like, I, I, I don't so want to So I just have to, to know me. that you haven't? Yeah, well, no, I, I've never, if, I think if I were stuck in an elevator, it's such a terrifying ordeal, it seems to me, that I would have brought it up already, wouldn't sure. I? Sure, yeah. So I, I, I guess I haven't, but I'm afraid to actually say no because I'm afraid it's going to happen. Because I, I have to get on that elevator sometimes, and I'm just like, yeah. Well, here's my next problem. And I am not taking the stairs. I am on floor five. It's not like I parked on floor two. If I was on floor two, we'd oh be just doing the stairs. Oh, my gosh. I'm not built for five floors of stairs. I'm glad you don't smoke anymore. <laughs> it's been true. a long time. At least you don't smoke been. anymore. You might have to be built for it today. Danny, I'm going to need you. Oh, no, I can't do that now. Nope. Ken, Danny's I'm going to need go. you after the show. No, I'm not Drive doing... me up to floor five. Oh, drive you up. Yeah. If you go in and out, you should be able to. How much If you're is under it? 15 seconds or 15 minutes, be able to get out of there. I don't want to be driving up that thing. I might just run off on it's you. For my safety, Ken. <laughs> I might just run off on you. Wait a minute. Did Mitch, did you park in there? I did park in there, okay. and, I, and I went in earlier today. I only go up to the third floor, and the elevator worked Idea. perfectly for me. Idea. Mitch goes and gets his car, brings it down, gets you, you guys go up, drops you off, then you guys both head down in cars. Is that okay for later? I'm not getting, I'm not driving in there if I don't have to. I'm not doing that. You know I what I think of that place situation. I yeah, don't know. I did, I'm a little I, spooked by the whole. You know exactly what area I think of now. that situation. I do not like being in there. That whole deal. Not a fan of it. What What are you going to do about parking tomorrow? I have to think this alters your Danny, game plan. You, you take life as it comes, buddy. You know, Danny, you, you know. Honestly, I was ready to just live my life, and now you've put a big. Uh, Stop trying to look. At, I'm just trying to look out for you. He could still go in the garage. He just probably wouldn't use the elevator. They have the stairwells. Well, there's two elevators as well. Right. They'll probably have the one down today. I hope. After you call, I hope so. But if, oh, if the other one was already bad, who I'm knows? I'm not calling him. Hopefully, someone else took care of that. Well, someone's got to. Well, someone's got to call. You don't want him to be. You don't want someone else to be stuck. Unless they just want to deal with you. You could always do that. 
I'm going to need something for my pain and suffering. <laughs> Someone's have to call Cordell and Cordell. Danny Cunningham in for Tone today. Tone is apparently going to the hospital today, and the baby's going to come well, out at Enzo's some point. Enzo's here. here. Well, yeah. We'll be here. They're not going to name him Enzo, but that's a different It doesn't matter. On this show, forever Enzo. So you are, Danny Cunningham is in for Tone today and tomorrow. You are a Cavs aficionado. Donovan like Mitchell so. Donovan Mitchell got into it with Zach Collins on Saturday with about a minute left to go in the basketball game. Donovan Mitchell was ejected. Here's Donovan Mitchell. getting. I didn't even realize Zach Collins was still in the league playing for the San Antonio Spurs. Here is Donovan Mitchell on the play in question where he was ejected. Mitchell 0-2 when you get a chance there. Oh, he just hit me in the face. I felt like it was dirty, so I just pushed him back and... I mean, I knew I was probably going to get ejected, but I know it's my second or third time getting ejected, but if you push me, I'll push you back. I just felt like it was a dirty play, and, you know, I responded. But, you know, he saw me after smiling, like, oh, it's whatever. Like, you know, I'm just, you hit me, I hit you back, and we keep it pushing. Here's Zach Collins on the scrum, the back and forth. Hit it. Yeah, he went up for a layup, a few, like a player or two before, and I was in, I was guarding him. I was where I was supposed to be, and he went up and clocked me with the elbow. Didn't like it, so I came down and hit him back. Coach Bakerstaff said it was on his end. It was a dirty play. I know he's going to look after his guy and, and, and take his guy's side, obviously. But in terms of the way, him characterizing it as dirty, probably was worth the fine, I guess. Yeah. Hey, tit for tat. Yeah, it's kind of what it would be. It, it was interesting hearing a guy say, "Yeah, it probably was dirty," and that I did do it on purpose because you hear. Guys well, that, he said it was retali- retaliatory. Yeah, and the play that he's talking about where Donovan got him, Zach yeah. Collins got called for a foul on that. It was, it was a layup. Donovan missed it, went to the free throw line. Zach Collins got called for a foul. Well, there's fouls, and then there's hard fouls. Right. And he said there was a, it, it was two trips down before, so the game's been in hand for quite a while. So I think that there is a belief that Donovan Mitchell shouldn't have been fouled that hard by Zach Collins, apparently. Or, yeah. excuse me, Donovan Mitchell should have done that to Zach Collins, apparently, and Zach Collins was coming back at him. Right, and I didn't see a good replay of it. I didn't see a good angle of it. Yeah. The one that I watched, just it looked like a normal shot attempt that Donovan's elbow might have caught Zach Collins when he was going up for a layup. He missed the layup, went to the free throw line. They called the foul on Zach Collins. I didn't think anything of it in the moment, certainly. like I was surprised as anyone to see Collins go after Donovan the way he did on that screen. I yeah. had no idea what sparked that until he said something after the game. So it happened 366 days. Almost a day to the year, or excuse me, on the day of the year of the Dylan Brooks incident. Cleveland likes athletes who will mix it up. Yeah. Where does Donovan Mitchell, where is Donovan Mitchell right now in terms of popularity? I don't want to do a power rankings right now, just right when the first time Tone's gone. But where does Donovan Mitchell, where would you put him right now in terms of popularity? Is he now? And I'm not talking about across the country. I don't care what they think of him in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Sure. I want to know what they think of him here in Cleveland. Right now, with Donovan Mitchell, where is he in terms of Cleveland athletes right now? Because we like a fighter, Jose Ramirez. We like a fighter, even though he doesn't want to talk about the fight anymore. Everybody likes Jose Ramirez. Where would you put him right now? I think he is the most popular guy in the Cavs. I don't think he's the most popular guy in town because of the team he plays for. But I do think he he shoots up that power ranking. What do you mean list. by the team he plays for? Why? I think that they're really good. I agree, but I think in this town, more people enjoy watching the Browns than they do the Cavs. For whatever reason, this will always be a football town. Oh, football's town. football. Football's yeah. football. So a guy like Miles Garrett, a guy like Nick Chubb, who has been here for a long time, both of those guys have signed contract extensions. Because the other thing, this town loves Ken fighters. They also love guys that are loyal and sign contract True. extensions. It's 
a big part of the reason Jose Ramirez is on that list. So if he signs a big long extension, a super max, if you will, will they will they love Donovan Mitchell more? I'm yes. just trying. I'm not. Yes, I, not I absolutely think I just, so. Yeah, I, no, I, I I absolutely think so. If he's because since he got here, there's yeah. been noise about him wanting to be in New York, and you know it's only a matter of time before the Cavs have to trade him. Maybe they do have to do that one day. But if he decides to stick around and sign a contract extension here, and he's here for the next. I don't know, six, seven years. We're talking about him as the second best player in Cavs history, possibly. That's the kind of player he is. I think he's got wow. that popularity. It's just he has to be here a little bit longer. Double A was doing like the divorce before the divorce, like before the breakup. Like he would find all these reasons to not like Don. It, it kind of got annoying. He would find like the different reasons <laughs> and he would send us pick like during the summer last year. Was he was sending of Mets us stuff. a ton of Mets stuff, like Mets tweets. And we kept saying like double A, his dad works for the Mets. What do you, right. I don't like it. I, I guys, I, I, I don't like it. I, I, I think it's a bad look. I don't, I don't, that's what he would say to us. I'm like, I don't understand because he, I think he made it up in his head that he's not going to stay here. So there's plenty of reasons to not like the guy before you actually were to get involved with him emotionally, and then he leaves you something like that, like protecting your own feelings. Because it lessens the heartbreak. Yes. I, Nick Chubb's probably number one. He moves up the ladder, though. Darius Darius Carter. Donovan Mitchell moves up the ladder. We'll think we're going to talk about those two coming up in 20 minutes. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, I think, moves up the ladder because he's willing to, willing to mix it up for people. And I think it's a different feeling. But this this skirmish, these these comments, it's not what it was with Dylan Brooks. No, but I like a guy who's willing to mix it up and has a lot of has a lot of talent, man. And Donovan Mitchell does. I want to talk more about that at six forty two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Coming up at eight o'clock, the dangerous one, Daryl Ryder. Seven forty five. Not Lima likes you like to complain as much as I do, as much as anybody, and I think the ratings over the weekend show that. Up next, you guys all made a big deal about somebody's comments on Friday. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Next on The Fan. And I I understand that we're reactors. We're not reporters. And there is a difference here. Danny Cunningham in for Tone Master General today. Also, the, um, I'm just going to, I'm going to preview this with not Lima Likes at 745. A woman who raised a generation, a young man, young men, Lisa Ann, has been arrested in New York at a comedy show. She's been released since for apparently looking at her phone and they charged her with not having a purse that was hers. That's coming up during Not Lima Likes at 745. Wait a minute, Dandy, do you not know who Lisa Ann is? No, I, I'm unsure why someone would be arrested for looking at their phone. Because you're, I don't think you're allowed to have phones. We're still getting more information from the authorities. This is a story that continues to develop as time goes I on. I have been searching Lisa Ann all yes. morning to find out more information. I mean, don't she I'm sure is, the company loves that. If you are a man, hey, you know, research is research, and you got to do what you have to do. <laughs> it's for the show, Danny. She has been improving relationships with step families for a very long period of time. Yes, she has. Anywho, by the way, there's a man named Matt Bove from uh, Channel 7 News in uh, Buffalo that is uh, not a fan of Ken Dorsey. We'll talk about that coming up in a bit. We said this last week, Lyman and I did. And because we're reactors, we're not reporters, it, it, things get tend to be misconstrued here. You know, my whole point of it is, and it's not sticking my head in the sand. This is what it is, is where if Ken, Kevin Stefanski made the decision, okay. If the Browns themselves made the decision because they feel that there needs to be a change, the front office, I should say, to make a change with Alex Van Pelt and the entire offense, then fine. Because I think we're all not wanting to say what the truth of this is. Is that they are concerned about the future of Deshaun Watson. They are concerned that they're not going to be able to get 
the return on investment out of Deshaun Watson. It's the it's the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about, Dan. Yeah. And everyone, I think, with Watson wants to point at what he did the last time we saw him, where that second half against Baltimore, he was awesome. That was maybe the best I've ever seen a quarterback look for that amount of time in a Browns uniform. But, Ken, that was months ago. That was a shoulder surgery ago. We're talking, ultimately, about a guy that's played 12 games in the last three years and had surgery on his throwing shoulder. What's the precedent for coming back and being really good after that? I'm not That's sure. what worries me. About I'm not this. sure. I mean, people have mentioned, I, I, and I know they're different things. People have mentioned Drew Brees, a couple other folks. I'm not sure. But I think that it's, you can't just look at 11 and 6 and you clean your hands and say, all right, we're moving on to next year. You, there has to be an addressing of things. And, and we had Jason Lloyd on last week, and he left us with some questions. And then Albert Breer was on Afternoon Drive. But it's what Albert Breer said on Friday that encapsulates what he might have said on Thursday. Albert Breer was on NBC Sports. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Boston, and he was talking about the two reasons why the Browns let go of Alex Van Pelt, who's now the Patriots' offensive coordinator. The reason he was let go in Cleveland was because ownership and Paul D. Podesta, not Kevin Stefanski, ownership and Paul D. Podesta were frustrated with the progress Deshaun Watson had made. I don't think that they really, truly, the people who made that decision really, truly knew his value to that staff. Other people on that staff, not so much Kevin, but people below him, were floored when they fired him for two reasons. Number one, how do you fire the offensive coordinator after you just won 11 games (laughs) With four different quarterbacks, with your fourth and fifth tackles, without Nick Chubb, he was able to help build an offense that was able to sustain. So there's that, like that I think is one reason why people there were floored that he got fired. The other one I think is a, is the real key, though. He was the glue of that staff. Kevin, if you know him, he's a great guy. He's not the most outgoing guy. His personality is very dry. He's got a good sense of humor, but he's not like this outwardly gregarious guy. Alex was the one that held that staff together. When guys were coming out, when guys were going in, he is a guy who was a unifying force in that building. So this goes back, and this is why I kept referencing this. 
because you got to put it together like a puzzle. There's things that we hear that we can't necessarily go on because I'm not the insider here, okay? Albert Breer is. But there was a reason here that when Charles Robinson talked about how there were people in the building who he thought resented Paul D. Podesta, this is part of what I'm talking about here. It's because we don't know exactly what that role is. Everyone, when you don't know, when it's not clear, everyone wants to sort of make something up that fits their own narrative. I don't know what Paul D. Podesta does every day. I think a lot of people don't know what that is. So that gives them the ability to kind of, in their mind, form their own opinion of what his day might look like without actually knowing it. So here's where our situation takes a turn here. As we said all along, Ownership was pushed to make this decision. They believe, I, I, I can tell you Tom blew in the face and nobody wants to believe it, where the ownership really liked Baker Mayfield. They didn't want to just give up on Baker Mayfield. Things changed during the 2021 season. There is a disconnect. There's obviously some sort of a, a line drawn in the locker room. We can argue about whether or not that should have stuck, but either way, there's a disconnect that happens. They make the move for Deshaun Watson. They feel Deshaun Watson is going to play well enough where everybody's going to be on board eventually, and then he has not played well enough. There's a time now where it's going, hey, we've been two years into this thing. We've got about a dozen games, really 11. We got about 11 games out of this, and it's not gone too terribly well. It's gotten better as time goes on. But when Deshaun Watson is talking about, again, the beginning of games, the script and how it changes, this is an offense that might not necessarily be suited for what he does best. They bring in Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey sounds maybe like a bit of an overreaction. And maybe he ends up being that way. But my old point of the whole thing, Danny, was that in the end, they're telling you they can't come out and say it, and they're not gonna, but they're telling you, obviously, they are very concerned about Deshaun Watson and his level of play and if this is going to be something that's going to pay off. I know the people have got themselves, Danny, in two camps. They are the anti-Watsons and the pro-Watsons, and really they're just a vice versa of what what, what it was with Baker Mayfield. So we're taking our old arguments and we're just throwing it on this. But if we just stick to the facts, they were concerned about Baker Mayfield. They made a move. They're concerned about Deshaun Watson. They're making a move because they know they can't make a move from the quarterback there. Yeah, because he's the guy that they are, they've hitched their wagon to, that he's going to be yes. around in. I do think the dynamic is interesting because you've seen Kevin Stefanski have so much success as a coach without Watson, where essentially every quarterback has played their best football of their career to that point when they've been with Kevin Stefanski, with the exception of Deshaun Watson. And what Watson has done hasn't been good enough. It's I don't see the argument that it has been good enough. And I do understand that there are always going to be people that defend him, that there are always going to be people that see the flashes because those flashes have existed. Yeah. You look to that Baltimore game, you look to that Arizona team, and I know the Cardinals stink, but you can even point at a throw here or there like, man, that guy's still got it. He still looks like the guy that was awesome in Houston. But the Browns need that to be the everyday thing. They need that to be the regular thing. And if they don't think Alex Van Pelt was going to get that out of him, then maybe it was time to make a move. I don't know if Alex Van Pelt could have or could have or couldn't have got it out of him, but I do know that what we have seen from him hasn't been good enough yet. Yeah. 216-474-0092. This is Albert Breer on Thursday, the day before, obviously, because he said these comments on Friday on NBC Sports Boston. This is Albert on afternoon drive, though, last Thursday, February 1st, on whether or not it matters who made the decision on these Browns coaching staff changes. Hit it. 
I think it does matter, you know, because it can set the table for things going forward. And once the front office crosses that line, you know, it's really hard to undo that. And, yeah, I do think the front office had a lot of input in what happened here. And You know, look, like I think there's pressure on Kevin and, and the coaches to get more out of Deshaun Watson. I think the concern here would be the role that, that Alex played in that staff and how, in a lot of ways, like, because you know, Kevin is not as outgoing that, like, Alex was kind of, the glue guy on that staff, the guy who held everything together. And, you know, obviously I, I think the reaction from a lot of the, the guys on that staff to the way that certain guys were picked off after the year was kind of like, a, oh, you know, what do we do wrong? You know, obviously they were able to, to win 11 games with their fourth and fifth tackles, with four different quarterbacks, with no Nick Chubb, you know. And so I think that there was genuine surprise on the part of some people on the staff that so many coaches lost their jobs and, you know, and that one guy in particular, particular who was such an important piece of holding everything together was one of the guys on the way out and again going back to what Charles Robinson had said during the season and it was easy to listen to that because they were struggling at the time I believe that was back in November on that podcast we might have to dig up that audio somewhere I I, I don't I'm not going to send you now on a root hogging mission there Owen but at some point here during this four-hour show we're going to have to find it because this is what goes back to that a disconnect between people in the building and a man who lives 2300 miles away and when you don't know where it's a chief strategy officer, this is maybe where the strategy gets involved. Because then I go back to last year. Jim Schwartz gets hired. Everybody loves Jim Schwartz. Bubba Ventrone gets hired. Everybody seems to like Bubba Ventrone. Moves of last year. Ownership is always searching for people they trust. Going back to last year, this is a move that would probably, if if this is, and I don't know for sure, it's speculative, Danny. But the way I would see it is there's going to be a history and tea leaves to everything. You look at Deep Podesta, he wanted Stefanski in 2019. They got Freddie Kitchens. He gets his guy in 2020. He then believes there needs to be moves to be made. There is no longer Joe Woods, which we're all happy about. Right. There's Jim Schwartz, which we're all happy about. There is an emboldening that, emboldening that goes on from those decisions that I've made these decisions before, or we've made these decisions before, and now we can make these decisions again. It needed to be improved, even though it kind of needed to be saved And after the 2022 season. It needed to be improved. It was improved. Now we can improve the other side by bringing these people in. I do think that because the moves that we've seen lately have worked, it makes me worry a little bit less about the person actually making these decisions. At the end of the day, in the NFL, it's always going to be a collaborative effort. There's not there, there are very few head coaches out there that they have final say over absolutely everything, and Kevin Stefanski is not one of them. When it comes to the staff, Kevin should have a lot of input. Kevin probably should be the guy that ultimately does make the decision, but I think we're kidding ourselves if he's the only one that decides all of this, if he's the only one with any input. I just don't think that's what it's going to ever be with this organization. I And truthfully, because it's worked so far, Ken, I think that's fine. I just want results at well, the end of the day. There's nowhere else, because I, I've looked at it and go, this is not what we're comfortable with. This type of stuff does not make anybody comfortable. People are going after Albert Breer, and they're going after Albert Breer because they're uncomfortable with the news. I mean, you have 11, again, you had 11 and 6 football team last year that went to the playoffs. This makes a lot of people uncomfortable, including myself. When I hear these things, and I hear about, and I, I, I'm not going to sit there and lie to anybody. When I hear about a guy being involved who is not in the city on a day to day basis, we can talk all we want to about Zoom, it makes me nervous. And I don't think I'll ever feel a different way about that. 
you still have to look at it from the situation of they have no other choice. When you made the deal, when the deal is done, and how deep it is, and how it's so ironclad, there is no other choice but to drive through with it. There's no other way to go. I can get rid of assistant coaches. I can't get rid of the quarterback. I can get rid of wide receivers and other players and other people. I can't get rid of the quarterback. It's an ironclad deal. And you wouldn't even want to get rid of the quarterback regardless as of right now because you're two years into the thing. Yeah, because you do need a little bit more time. Does it make you feel any better that the moves they've made have worked over recent years, Ken? Because for me, seeing that there has been success, the Jim Schwartz hire, the Bubba Ventrone hire, because those positions before were disasters, and the Browns went and fixed that. That gives me a little bit of well, that's, hope and, yeah. and confidence that uh, whatever they've done in the past, they're going to do again here with offense. It, it, that's why I can't I, I can't sit there and rip it and call it a disaster because it, it can't be a disaster if it's 11 and 6 and it's worked. Right. I get nervous about overreaching on power. That's what I'll always be nervous about. Again, I'll, ner- I'll be nervous about people who aren't in – the building. So I'm always going to be nervous about Paul Bedesta until he moves here. That's always going to be the way it is. So that's just, that's how I feel. But based on that, I can only go with what the results have been. And the results have been successful. 216-474-0092. Should Kevin Stefanski have sole power over his staff after you heard what Albert Breer just said on NBC Sports Boston? And subtraction isn't addition. For the Cleveland Cavaliers, Danny Cunningham in for Tone Live. Not Lima Lex 7:45. It just real quick. It, it it makes it hard because I think that everybody just gets nervous and they can't they can't come out and they can't say that this thing's not going to work because they've made decisions before that clearly have have worked. Jim Schwartz, like if I go, I'm uncomfortable with Kevin Stefanski not making this decision on his coaching staff. You could turn right around and go, well, it worked with Jim Schwartz. Danny's thought in just a moment. Folks, you can follow the shows with all the local sports talk because it's the most local sports talk you're going to find in all the state of Ohio. And you can do it with the best app out there. Follow each of our local shows chapter by chapter on the free Odyssey app to see every topic we've covered over the past 72 hours, including Nick Wilson's CBS Sports Radio debut on Saturday Go back, listen to it all. It's fantastic. You're going to love it. Danny, your thoughts on, not, not on Nick. But your thoughts like on Nick. on what I well I know you like Nick but Danny Cunningham in for tone Danny your thoughts I understand being scared because it's a guy that's not in the building it's a guy that's not on the coaching that's the staff. way I feel I, I I totally get it and I would there I would be much closer to that I think if there hadn't been recent success with this with staff turnover because it got to the point with Joe Joe Woods where he the only team he ever looked like a competent defensive coordinator against was Baltimore. Outside of that, he looked like a guy that didn't belong in the NFL. I thought Mike Prefer was the worst special teams coach I had seen in a long time. And we've not had a lot of good coaches in this town. We've had good special teams coaches for the most part. Mike Prefer was terrible. So to see them upgrade there, and maybe those needs were a little bit more obvious than this one. Mm -hmm. But I think if with what this offense looked like, the majority of the time under Deshaun Watson. And I know the Joe Flacco stuff made it much better, kind of sugarcoated what this offense was this year. But if you look at what this team was under Deshaun Watson offensively, I understand wanting to upgrade, but you have to remove the Joe Flacco stuff for me to get there. Two one six four seven four to below 92. We'll get back to this coming up here in a little bit. Also again, seven forty five not Lima likes. Uh, you cover the Cavs. You're a Cleveland magazine aficionado here. 
there has been a growing sentiment. Cavs have, have been going on a crazy run, which I, I think is going to work against us in some way. I'm going to bring that up at 7 o'clock. But there's been a growing sentiment. It's It cools off a little bit because of how well they've done. But there have been folks thinking Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland can't work together in the backcourt. Darius Garland comes back from injury. It's been a little bit rough here and there in spots. Uh, the turnovers to start this year were rough. You know this. And finally, Donovan Mitchell was asked about it with Darius Garland from Chris Fedor, Cleveland.com, where he had said, quote, we just had a really good stretch. We just went on a run, but that speaks to our team and our group. At the end of the day, we're a complete team. That's more of a reason for our success. That's a better way to explain this situation. It's not about who is not playing. We won 51 games with Darius and Evan Mobley last year. We wouldn't be here without them. We need those guys. Is it true or is it not true? Are the Cavs better without Darius Garland? Donovan Mitchell is going to say that, but Don Mitchell is going to say anything different during the middle of a great stretch and in the middle of February, for crying out loud here. I think we're quick to forget just how good those two were together, Donovan and Darius, last year. Where Donovan had the best year of his career, and sure, Darius's numbers dipped a little bit because his usage went down playing with an all-NBA guard as compared to playing the year before with a rotating cast of characters in that, that backcourt position. Can They can absolutely work together and have playoff success. I don't know if they can win a title. I think that question actually goes along with another player on the Cavs that needs to be the best player, but we could get to that at a different time. You mean Evan Mobley? Yeah. Okay, we'll talk it, about him in a bit. Go ahead. Or tomorrow even. Sure. But Donovan and Darius can absolutely work because their games do complement each other really well. And Donovan's talked about this in the fa- in the past too, that with Darius out, He had to play point guard, and I think he opened a lot of eyes about how good he was, how his his passing, I really thought, evolved. I was very, very impressed with the way he handled that duty, but he cannot sustain that for an entire season. It's great to do it for a month here. Can't sustain what for an entire season? The the usage that he had without Darius, where he has to not only be the guy that's putting the ball in the basket, but the guy that's setting everyone else up where that offense was so Donovan Mitchell-centric, and it was great having shooters on the floor where they were able to play Donovan, Jared Allen, and three other shooters. That worked out great for them. Absolutely did. But you need someone else other than Donovan Mitchell to play point guard most of the time. Donovan can absolutely do it and be really good at it, but it can't be his full-time position. You're not going to get the most out of him by doing that. Isn't he more comfortable with the ball in his hands, though, bringing it up? Bringing it up, I I think more so in the half court. I I don't know that he's the most comfortable. I agree with you, by the way, overall, but I have to put you through the pace. No, that's fine. Have at it. Um, I think that he's most comfortable when he has someone else that can help make plays. I don't know if that person needs to be an all star. I think it's better that Darius is. Obviously, the more good players, the better. But think back to when Donovan was in Utah, played with Mike Conley, played with Ricky Rubio, he played with some other really good guards in that backcourt. Mike Conley made an all-star team in Utah when Donovan Mitchell was there. And I understand that Jazz team flamed out in the playoffs for reasons that I don't think the Cavs necessarily have. I don't think they have the same faults that Utah did. And I also don't think that there's just as bad of a matchup that Utah faced when they had to deal with the James Harden, Chris Paul, Houston Rockets. But I think that's shown that can work. That type of pairing can work together especially when you look at how good Darius is as a three-point shooter where he can also play off the ball. It doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be an authoritarian offense where he's the only guy that can bring the ball up where but I think that's Darius the way a lot can of, play the, sec, the secondary guard. That's the way I think a lot of people think of it though. 
They do, you know, when we, but... We, and, and there's times where if it doesn't work, like any time they lose a game, like you got the Kings coming to town, mm-hmm. all right? The Kings are a good basketball team. Now, the, the, the Philadelphia game is not what we thought the Philadelphia game was going to be. So I like I penciled in like, ah, oh, February 12th is when we'll flip the switch. I'm not sure if I can do that now because of the Joel Embiid knee injury. Like you could, you could try to go for the second seed all of a sudden here out of this. I mean, it's possible. If they win tonight, they'll be in yes. the second spot. So, but I'm talking about at the end of the season. Like yeah. if this if this is something that continues, you mentioned their strength of schedule wasn't that great. They could be the, the official two seed as as the season ends. I I, I think that. Any of these games that they lose, that they are together on the floor with, people are going to shine a bright spotlight on that. And I think the national narrative creates a bright spotlight on that between these two. Because, again, it it bothers a lot of Cavs fans that we continue to talk about Donovan Mitchell's future. Well, we have to talk about Donovan Mitchell's future. He wasn't eligible to sign anything last summer. We'll see what he ends up doing this summer. But, again, I can't get to this summer. It's February 5th. But I think that that's where a, a lot of people immediately go and go, see this doesn't work here, and this is why. We're, I, I don't understand it. Danny, I don't know if it's a, I don't think it's a really realistic argument to make, taking talent off the floor, away from the team, but that's the way a lot of people seem to feel about it. The Cavs haven't lost a game with those two both playing since December 14th. Long time. And that's when Darius fractured his jaw. Mm-hmm. It's been a really long time since those two, and if you want to have the Evan Mobley-Jared Allen conversation about whether they can be sustainable playing together, when the Cavs have been healthy, they've been winning. When they haven't been healthy, they've been winning. This is just a really good basketball team, and I think it's okay to enjoy that right now. We'll deal with what the expectations in the playoffs are when April gets here. But this is a team that could be the two seed, could be a team that realistically should be in the conference finals. I think it's okay to be happy about that and not try and nitpick, oh, can these two win a championship together? At the end of the day, it's not – championship or bust with this current team right now. And I think my goal would be the conference finals. I don't know if yeah. my goal is the NBA finals, which again, when you give up three first round picks for a player, people are going to say I'm shooting too low. Okay, fair enough. But I think my goal right now with this team would be Eastern conference finals. Cause that to me would put them back on the trajectory of where we wanted them to be last year when they flamed out against the Knicks. Two one six four seven four double oh ninety two. Do you believe, and if you believe differently from Danny and I, fine. Do you believe the Cavs are better without Darius Garland? It's gotten to the point where Donovan Mitchell has had to address this in Cleveland.com. Do you believe the Cavs are indeed better without Darius Garland? You better bring a hell of an argument to the table when you do. Also, the most annoying thing you're going to hear about the Cleveland Cavaliers the rest of this season. Ken Carmen, Danny Cunningham in for Anthony Lima. Take us with you to work on the free Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. T